This is a broadcast of Holland United Church of Christ. At Holland UCC, we seek to open the mind and engage the heart. We are a community of justice, peace, and affirmation in Holland, Michigan, where everyone is welcome to the table. The Holy Gospel according to Luke 4, Luke 4, 1 to 13. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you. And on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. For the word of God in Scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. It's been a while, we're rusted. (laughs) Well, this month marks uh, two full years of a global pandemic. If you remember, it was March 2020, two years ago, we were in the midst of Lent, uh, doing in-person services, and suddenly life halted, not just for church, but for all of us, right? And we had to quickly pivot to figuring out uh, a new normal. And so it's been two years of living in fear of a virus that has now claimed nearly a million lives just in the U.S. alone. Two years of uncertainty about whether to go out or not, what precautions to take, and so on. Two years of feeling isolated from one another. Think about how good it feels to be here together, and those of us who are able to be here this morning. Two years of canceled events and Zoom substitutes. No disrespect to Zoom, it's been a lifesaver. Two years unlike any other. And so it's at this two-year mark that another season of Lent begins. And as we've already noted this morning, this year's Lent also coincides with a major world power invading its neighbor with a brutal show of force and a complete disregard for the value of human lives. And the invitation in Lent is often to consider how we will remember Jesus' sufferings and his path to the cross. And we often do that by considering what we might give up or let go of and what we might do in a way to sort of share in Christ's sufferings, as the Apostle Paul put it. But let's be honest, right? We've had two years of letting go of things. Two years of doing without life 
as usual. Two years of unasked for challenges and disappointments. We've had two straight years of Lent. So maybe what's called for this Lent is something else. Maybe an anti-Lent? Maybe instead of a dour and somber Lent in which we do without a favorite item, we turn it into a celebration. A celebration that we're still here. A celebration that we've come this far. A celebration of laughter, fun, and humor as modeled by our Ukrainian siblings. As we heard just a few moments ago, as a show of human resilience. And so even though you weren't looking for it, permission is granted to have whatever kind of Lent you want. No, you weren't looking for that, but, but you have it all the same. Because you've earned it. That said, you knew there'd be an asterisk, right? Can't get on that easy. That said, Lent still provides us with an opportunity to consider another way to be. And as usual, we begin Lent in the wilderness with Jesus. He's sent out to a lonely place to face tests and find strength within. Now again, it feels like we've been wandering in a wilderness or desert for 24 months and counting, but maybe there's another way to, to think about this. The German philosopher Martin Heidegger wrote about a clearing or a Lichtung. Clearing sounds much nicer, so we'll just stick with that. But a place, a suddenly open space, right, in the midst of a packed woods. You've been in a place like this, right, when you're on a hike, and suddenly an open space occurs, a place where the light more easily shines through and penetrates. He writes, in the midst of beings as a whole, an open place occurs. There's a clearing, a lighting. Only this clearing grants and guarantees to us humans a passage to those beings that we ourselves are not and access to the beings that we ourselves are. Now this clearing can be discovered if we go off somewhere like Jesus did to the wilderness, but Heidegger reminds us, reminds us that this clearing already exists within us. We are invited to become aware of it and to tune in to it. And in this clearing, we can better access who we are and who we want to become. And so in Lent, I think we're given that invitation to pause and to access that open space within us. Now, there's something deliberate that the author of Luke's gospel seems to be doing here in chapters 3 and 4. We read from 4 this morning, but in the preceding chapter, Luke covers Jesus' baptism, in which you recall there was a voice from heaven saying, You are my son. And right after this episode, Luke then provides us with a genealogy of Jesus, a long list of names that we usually skip past. And it begins, Jesus, supposed son of Joseph, you to put that in there. Jesus, supposed son of Joseph, son of Heli, son of Matat, son of Levi, etc., 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 all the way until we get to Enosh, son of Seth, son of Adam, and then Luke says, son of God. Son of God. So there, in a few short verses, we have two referred to as sons of God. A deliberate tie-in, it seems to me, between Adam 
in Jesus, the first human and the new human. And of course, we remember Adam in the garden being tempted and, and giving into temptation. And we might think of that as taking a shortcut to satisfaction or a short-term way to address pain that inevitably produces more pain in the long run. And so Jesus, too, faces tests or temptations of various sort. One, hunger, this time not to eat fruit, but to turn stones into bread. He also faces the temptation to take shortcuts to power and prestige. Now, in the beginning, we remember the serpent and the powers of evil seem to triumph, and Adam succumbs. But here in Jesus, we see the possibility of a new humanity. A new way to be, in which wholeness comes by taking the long route and not the shortcut. But, oh, those shortcuts are so inviting. They're so inviting. I'll just speak for myself here. But thinking back to the first part of the pandemic, not only were we trying to figure out how to do church in a virtual capacity. I was also running for office at the time, trying to figure out how to take a campaign from what's normal to something entirely different. And then we also had four kids who were home at the same time, trying to do school virtually online, among other things. So there's a lot swirling about, right? It was a lot. But this is not a sob story by any means, because we all faced unprecedented challenges during that time, every single one of us. And in facing pain and challenge and loss, we're given choices as to how to respond. We face tests or temptations of a sort, and we often try to find shortcuts to deal with whatever pain we're facing. So for me, if there was junk food in the house, I ate it. If there was alcohol in the house, I drank it. I mean, who of us over the last two years hasn't looked in the fridge at that extra piece of dessert or that extra bottle of beer and said, F it, I deserve it. <laughs> and you probably did, right? You probably did. Well, 25 pounds and a few hangovers later, <laughs> I realized that the shortcuts don't always lead to where you want to go feels great in the moment, that sugar rush or that buzz from the second or third beer. But every decision we make has a cost. Every step we take leads somewhere. It can lead us closer to that open space or it can seem to cut it off and it feels harder for the light to shine through. Now often in the moment we can't see it or maybe we refuse to see it, but what is our life if not a culmination of all the days, decisions, and steps that have led us to this point? And sometimes we get in so deep, our behaviors are so ingrained, our habits are so comfortable and familiar that we cannot imagine there is another way. Yet Heidegger insists that there is a clearing within each one of us. 
a space where the light still shines through, a place where we can breathe more deeply and see more clearly. So after my January physical uh, reminded me that I was getting out of shape and Christy commented that my clergy shirt wasn't fitting like it used to, don't look too close, I decided to try to take a step in a different direction. So I did a dry-ish February. You know, baby steps. <clears throat> I started eating healthier and I started exercising. And I felt a lot better, as you do when you do things like that, right? Sometimes you might know that, but you still can't do it for whatever reason. And when you, just, when you decide that there's a place you want to go and you're currently walking in the opposite direction, sometimes you just have to stop and stand still and look around. Maybe look at yourself from outside, if possible, and say, is this who I want to be? Is this the direction that I want to go? Will I keep taking the shortcuts knowing that they end in frustration? Or is it time for something new? Now please hear that I'm not trying to advise or shame anyone on their diet or their drinking habits or any of that, right? I'm simply sharing my own experience here. There may be other areas of struggle or challenge for you and no doubt there's a lot bigger issues happening in our world. But the deeper questions that we all must face out in the wilderness are these. Am I being honest with myself? Am I giving into shortcuts to address my pain that I know aren't good for me? Am I heading where I want to go? And I would add, am I contributing to the pain of the world or the healing of the world? Now, you might think I've contradicted myself this morning because I did say at the outset, permission granted to have whatever kind of lens you want. <laughs> and I'll still hold to that, right? Because getting through one day at a time right now is enough. So that is absolutely true. But it's also true that Jesus models to us that even in the midst of the desert, facing unbelievable temptation, that a better way is possible. That saying no to one thing is saying yes to something else. That you can access the clearing within you even now. Because friends, our world has enough pain already. We have enough pain within us already. Let's not add to it. And if we discover wholeness and healing within ourselves, we are better positioned to pass it on. Amen. Maybe so. invited to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. streaming on Facebook, 
You can also watch these messages on the Holland UCC YouTube channel. And for more information, how to get involved, or to support our work, like us on Facebook or visit hollanducc.org. Thank you.